0: Okay, we're glad to have you with us this morning. And uh, today I just want to talk about Paul's gospel, real simple. And uh, you know it well, a lot of you, we have a lot of visitors with us and new people. And so we always want to make sure we're all on the same page, okay? That's very, very important. I always try to teach us, it's real simple, that the way we look at the Bible, we look at time past, the way God dealt with Israel, we look at, but now, starting with Paul, the gospel of grace, 13 chapters, Romans through Philemon's. that's where we are today, we will be raptured out of here, and then ages to come, God resumes his dealings with Israel. He dealt with Israel in the past, he set them aside temporarily, he deals with us today, and then one day he will resume his dealings with Israel. And so, You keep that in your mind when you look at the Bible. I have a lot of people just say, well, I just don't understand the Bible. Well, if you just look at it without rightly dividing, then you're going to get in trouble, and you'll not clearly understand it as you ought to. And so we just try to encourage you that way. And if it's old hat to you, that's okay. You just need to be uh, firmed up a little bit more. I hope I'll say something different today that will encourage you. 2 Timothy 2.15 is very very clear 2 Timothy 2:15 2, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth and the context here is Paul's writing to his son in the faith Timothy and Paul's concern about a particular truth and that particular truth is the gospel of grace truth he says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 to Timothy my dearly beloved son. So he's writing to Timothy here, verse 9 and 10 then. Who hath saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest. Now it's made known. Now it's appeared by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light. Now, how did he do all of that? Through the gospel. That's why Paul wants Timothy to always understand this gospel. That's the context there. And also, I think it's important to remember remember where Paul is when he's writing this. He's in prison. A couple chapters later, he says, I'm ready. Uh, My time is at hand. They're going to chop his head off. And so this is his final words to this young uh, uh, evangelist pastor by the name of Timothy. Paul's challenge to Timothy is the same challenge to us today. 2 Timothy 1.13. He says, hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. He says, these sound words that you've heard from me, that's what I want you to keep. He says in Second Timothy chapter 2, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. Paul says, the words that I'm giving you, these sound words about the grace gospel, I want you to hold on to them. Don't ever let them go. And by the way, I want you, just like I have taught you, now I want you to teach others these sound words so that they won't let go of those words. And that's uh, what some people try to call plagiarism. (laughs) It's not plagiarism. It's teaching truth that you heard and you've learned from somebody and you repeat it in a sense. Amen? Why was Timothy to commit to what Paul taught, especially the gospel? Remember this, that back here in the gospels, where the Lord was, he did not teach the gospel of grace. Remember, the Lord was under law. So you don't find the gospel of grace in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, or the early part of Acts. You just don't find it there. Uh, Romans 15, 8 says this here. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision. Who's that? The Jews, Israel, for the truth of God, to confirm what? The promises made unto the fathers in ages past, what has been prophesied here to the nation of Israel. That's what Christ taught. And uh, by the way, you don't find the gospel of grace through the 12 apostles in the early book of Acts either. You just don't find that. But he, Paul is saying, the things thou hast heard of me, these sound words, I want you, they're different from the past, and I want you to rightly divide this, and I want you to hold on to this truth. And by the way, what books did Paul write? What did he write? Romans through Philemon. Okay, he was saved in Acts 9. That means the gospel of the grace of God was not preached prior to Acts chapter 9. And Paul came on the scene. There was a transition going from Israel to the body of Christ that completed in Acts 28. Paul wrote Romans through Philemon. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 7. Consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Now, Paul says, according to my gospel, not time past gospel, but the banal gospel. (laughs) The gospel that's for today. It's different than the gospel was prior to the Apostle Paul. It's real simple. And they preached Jesus Christ would rise from the dead. It was prophesied he would rise from the dead. But they don't go into the detail like Paul's gospel, my gospel. And the gospel is the key here. It's not just the word of God, but it's the word of truth that is for today today. Now, here's the warning he gave Timothy, the battle. 2 Timothy 2.25. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. They don't know what they believe. If God, per will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. You see, the devil... And Christianity, Christendom, has blinded people to rightly dividing and the clear gospel. And God wants them to be able to repent from that error and begin to believe in Paul's gospel. The truth is man's only hope. We know that the God of this world is blinding the minds of them which believe not. We understand that the natural man receiveth not the things of God, they are foolishness unto him. We know 1 Corinthians 1.18 that says this, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. <laughs> and you're a fool if you turn your back on the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the lost and those who profess Christ usually turn their backs on the truth that is for today. They just try to close it out. They they don't want to hear that truth. Second Timothy three seven says, Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> it states in chapter four, verse four of Second Timothy. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall turn, be, and be turned unto fables. People would rather listen to and believe in a myth, in a theory, rather than the truth today. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. Paul wants and needs Timothy to stand up and tell the true gospel of grace. Ephesians 1.12 says that we should be the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Paul, then his associates, so on. In whom ye also trusted, now get this, after that you heard, faith cometh by hearing, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, which is Paul's gospel, in whom also after that you believed you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. They heard the truth, they heard the word of God, they heard the gospel of their salvation and they believed in that. Paul's gospel is very distinct and different from the Apostle Peter and the 12s in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John and early Acts. They had to have a meeting about this as a matter of fact in Acts 15. Paul comments about this. Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Then 14 years after, after he was saved, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by what? Now what does that mean? That means God personally told him to go up there. Okay? He didn't go up on his own. He went up there because Christ wanted him to go up there. And uh, by revelation and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles, but privately to them which were of reputation, I'm sure the 12 there, lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. He was courteous. Now, here's my question. If Paul preached the same gospel that Peter and the 12 did, as Peter and them did, why did Paul need to go up to the council and explain his gospel. If it were the same gospel, why does he have to go up there and explain that gospel to them? He had to go up there because it was different. Amen? Galatians 1.11, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. He received it by revelation of Jesus Christ. No man taught Paul this, And so my question is this here. If Paul preached the same gospel as the 12 and that gospel were already in place, why did Jesus Christ have to come and appear to Paul in Acts 9? Now just think that through. So they came to an agreement in Galatians 2, 6. But of these who seemed to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me, God accepted no man's person, for they who seemed to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. But contrarywise, when they saw that the gospel of the uncircumcision was committed unto me as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, verse 9 then says, And when James and Cephas and John, who seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given unto me, they gave to me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship that we should go unto the heathen and they unto the circumcision. They came to agreement. Paul, your gospel is not our gospel. That's what they came to agreement. Your gospel is not what we've been preaching. You preach a different gospel to a different group of people here. We know it's of God. We can't deny that. We're just going to stay with our system right now. God bless you. Hope that God bless you. And boy, did God bless Paul. Amen. Paul's gospel was and is unique. It states in Romans 2.16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ, according, how's he going to do it? according to my gospel. That revelation that Christ gave me for today. Now to him that is part to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. He said, I'm preaching a gospel which was a mystery. Nobody knew it previously until Christ personally revealed it to me and now I'm revealing it to you. Nobody knew this prior to me. I'm first, he says. I'm the example. Paul's gospel had been hidden, a mystery revealed to him by Christ. Paul tells us the gospel's mystery Is a wisdom that was hidden in God, but now through Paul's ministry was being unveiled to God's glory. 1 Corinthians 2 7 and 8. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. Nobody knew about this mystery. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. The reason he kept it secret, he knew that they would try to prevent the purpose God had for him going to the cross and defeat the devil and obtain salvation to buy back the earth's title that Adam had lost and to redeem mankind they wouldn't have crucified, and then that couldn't have been fulfilled. So God kept that a secret until the apostle Paul. And so Paul is the first one who comes out and he reveals his gospel, reveals understanding about the accomplishments of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And only Christ's death burial and resurrection that previously hidden truth but now revealed is the only gospel that can save you today. The gospel back here cannot save you today. The gospel in the future cannot save you today. It takes today's gospel, Paul's gospel, the only thing that can save a soul today. And when people preach the gospel here and try to get you saved, they're preaching a falsity. When they do that. That's how important it is. Romans four twenty-five says this here who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore, being justified how? By faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. <laughs> They never told that Christ would die on a cross for our sins. They never told that he would rise from the grave that you and I might be justified. Paul is the one who comes on the scene and says, here's my gospel. It's a gospel of grace. Jesus Christ has done it all. He's done everything necessary to save you. You don't have to do a thing except believe it in your heart and he'll save you. Amen? Now, when I began learning rightly dividing a little bit, I remember reading a booklet by Dr. Stam, Cornelius Stam. I have his picture up in my office, as a matter of fact. Cornelius Stam, and uh, he was very influential in some areas to me at that time. And I read his booklet, and I, I really liked it. I added some things to it, and uh, but just get the picture of why this gospel here is different from this gospel here. And this gospel here is different from that gospel and that gospel over here. This is different for today. Okay? For instance now, there's a maintenance man. He's convicted about his sin. He has a a sense of guilt and shame and it's a real burden to him. And that week, being a maintenance man at this arena place, they were having a religious leadership conference at this civic center-like. And he was so burdened. He saw they had a break, and people were breaking up in groups. And he was so burdened about what was going on with him. He went up to this group, and he said, uh, sirs, I'm sorry to bother, but can I ask you a question? And they said, Sure. He said, what must I do to be saved? That's what he asked him. What must I do to be saved? The first Christendom man said, what you need to do is turn from your sins, give your heart to the Lord and receive him, then make Christ Lord of your life. Luke 14, 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all, that he has, he cannot be my disciple. And so that's what he uses. My question is, and what the man said, where's the gospel? The gospel of grace, where is it? You see, that the focus is not about what we do or what we give Christ. It's not about I do this, then he does that. What they're doing, they're asking a spiritually dead person to do something, and that's impossible. That's why Paul said in Ephesians 1, 13, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed. You see, it's about faith in Christ and his accomplishments. His accomplishment was he died He shed his blood. He was buried. The Father accepted that sacrifice for a once for all uh, forgiveness of sins, and he rose from the grave to make us have a right standing before Almighty God. Then a Roman Catholic man, while listening, was not able to control himself. So these men are misleading you, he says. You need to keep the sacraments. You need baptism. Confession of sins, the mass, and a list of works and rituals. And he uses James 2.14. What doth the prophet, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works, can faith save him? Verse 20. But, what, uh, but wilt thou, O vain man, wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Now that's what this Catholic man says to him. But we know Paul says in Romans chapter 4, Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace but of debt. But to him that worketh, what? Not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly his faith is counted for righteousness. No works involved to be righteous before Almighty God. Then there's a Church of Christ man standing there, and he speaks up. He said, listen, sir, they're all wrong. You need to be water baptized in order to wash your sins away. And he uses Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You see that? Okay? Okay? So he says, you believe, you be baptized for the forgiveness or remission of sins, then you'll receive the Holy Spirit, then you obey their teachings to maintain that. Well, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 1, 17, for Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Now, let me just say something there. Paul separates the gospel from any baptism whatsoever, right there in that verse, okay? Okay. And by the way, Ephesians 4, 5, he says, one Lord, one faith, one. There's only one baptism today under Paul's message and gospel of grace. It's spirit baptism. That's when the Spirit of God takes you out of your position of Adam and places you in a position in Christ. We're baptized by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. That's the baptism. Then a Pentecostal man standing there. He's so upset, he's ready to explode. He asked the Church of Christ guy, why didn't you read the rest of the verses? It's perfectly plain what you do. And it states in Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that Believe, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. See, if you don't speak in tongues, if you don't have miraculous signs in your life, then you're not saved. You're not a true believer. It calls for faith. Water baptism works as a requirement for salvation. And the miraculous powers are the evidences of your salvation. Well, Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 1, 22, for Jews require a sign. It doesn't say anybody by envi- Jews do. It states in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, What? We just believe what God's word, and that's enough for us. Amen? Just by faith. And then lastly, there's a Seventh-day Adventist there. He says, you're all wrong. He said, you've forgotten the law. To be accepted by God, you must keep the commandments and keep the Sabbath. And he uses Matthew 19, verse 16. Behold, one came and said, him, good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, why callest thou me good? There's none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, what? Keep the commandments. Now, that's what Christ says back here. Okay? That's what Christ says. Paul comes on the scene with new revelation. He says Romans 3.19. Now we know that What things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. You can do all the commandments you want. You'll never be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law is not to save you. It is not to show how righteous and holy you are. It's to show you how sinful you are. Amen? Amen. Now, the poor man, all he wanted to know was, what must I do to be saved? And he's in a dilemma. Now he's really confused. Now it's no longer, it's not so simple to him. You see, the only way to make sure salvation offered to this lost man is simple is to rightly divide to be able to see the true gospel that's for today. Did you notice the verses that were used by all these men were verses from time past and ages to come? From the Old Testament four Gospels and early Acts to Hebrews through Revelation. Not, the but now through the Apostle Paul's message. Amen? And only rightly dividing can clear that up. Paul's Gospel saves today and only Paul's Gospel. And Paul was saved in Acts 9. The transition happens through the rest of Acts. And then he writes Romans through Philemon. And it is different from God's dealings with Israel in time past and God's dealing with Israel and the world here one day in ages to come. It's the, but now, today. The difference in Peter and the 12. What did they say how you have to be saved? acts two thirty seven acts two thirty seven now when they heard this, the Israelites, they were pricked in their heart, they had murdered their messiah, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. No, he doesn't. He said to them, Repent. Be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. What you need to do is repent. Be water baptized to cleanse you from your sins, not the finished work of Christ. Isn't that amazing? And then after you're water baptized, then you'll receive the Holy Spirit. That was theirs. Israel's the 12. You get that? Okay? Paul's gospel, 2nd 2 Timothy 2:8 2, again. He says 2nd 2 Timothy 2:8. 2, oh, I'm sorry. I missed one. Go on back. John John says this back here. He says, "And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you might believe." Believe what? that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, you might have life through his name. They had to believe he's the Messiah. He's the long-awaited, prophesied one. He's the one. He's the Son of God. He's the Christ. Not that he died for your sins, was buried, and rose again. That's No, he's the Christ. That's what they believed. Amen? 2 Timothy 2.8 now, man. Thank you. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Acts 16.30. And brought them out and said, the jailer, sirs, to Paul, what must I do to be saved? And they said, what? That was it. No water baptism. No keeping the commandments. Not all these righteous works. Just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved in thy house, if they also believe. What is that gospel? First Corinthians chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Paul's gospel is different than Peter's message at Pentecost or the 12th message thereafter. Amen. And the difference is he's the Christ. But here... He's a son of God who died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. They are completely different. One is under law, and one is under grace, and we're under the grace factor. Acts 13, 37. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man Christ is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Now get this. And by him all that believe are justified from all things, from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. The gospel is what justifies us, not the law. Amen? Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. That's why Paul said in Acts twenty twenty four. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of what? The gospel of the grace of God. It's this gospel here that's for today. It's only this gospel today that can save an individual today. Nothing else. Just this gospel that was revealed to Paul that Christ is the Son of God. He died, he buried, he rose. That saves us. And if you preach this, which most of Christendom does, and if you preach this, most of Christendom does. Galatians 1.8 says this, but though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, this gospel here, than that which you have received, uh, that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. He said, why? Because so much is at stake. If you believe this, you haven't believed the gospel. And if you haven't believed the gospel, you're going to hell. Amen. It's just that simple, and it's just that clear. Amen? Now showing a lot of verses. Get this down deep in your mind and your heart. Study the scriptures. Correctly, divide them. There is innocence, conscience, government promise and law that went together set aside now it's grace we're going up in heaven and then it's the ages to come and when you begin to see that in your understanding of scriptures things begin to make sense it's clearer it's simpler to understand don't fight this embrace it have an open mind just as say, God show me this truth I trust God, and the word is sufficient to defend itself and show you the truth. I believe that. But what about you today? What have you been trusting? Church? Money? Giving things to the church? Doing good deeds? Think you're trying to keep some of the commandments? That has nothing that is able to save you in it. You have to trust in Christ and him alone and his finished work alone. Nothing else. God, I know I'm a sinner. (laughs) There's no argument there. (laughs) And God, I I know that these things can't save me. But today I see, I believe. I believe Christ is your son. I believe he did die for me, not just a historic fact, but he did that just because of my sin. God, you died for me and they buried you and you rose again. God, today, I'm going to believe the grace gospel and that alone, nothing else. God, I tell you today, I believe from my heart with the heart. Amen. Father, we just ask you to move on our audience. God, the most important decision anybody ever makes is when they believe in Christ and his finished work. And Lord, if there are people here today that's not done that, I pray today that they would tell you. Yes, they're sorry for their sin. Yes, they know they can't do anything of themselves to save themselves but they can believe in you and what you've done and while we just for a moment just don't say anything may they at this moment just look up to you and tell you they believe the gospel of grace they believe may they do that right now and if that's you today Just tell God in your heart, God, I believe it with all my heart. He died for me and was buried and rose again for me. Tell God. And if you believe that, God says he saves you. And God, I thank you for saving some people even this day in Jesus' name. And everybody said? We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.